Hey everyone, this is Lachazar Rabaji from Mindshare Canada. In this episode, I'm talking to Chris Stefanik, Head of Brand Partnerships at Wattpad. We're podcasting live from Austin at South by Southwest Festival, and we're talking about Gen Z marketing. Hey Chris, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, before we kick it off, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and Wattpad? Sure. So I'm Chris Fanick, head of brand partnerships at Wattpad. And Wattpad is a social storytelling platform. So a social network for readers and writers, essentially giving over 70 million people around the world um, a voice to kind of tell and share their, their stories, whether or not it's teen fiction, romance, horror, science fiction, fan fiction, you kind of you kind of name it. And uh, just really uh, allowing people to fall, fall in love with stories. Awesome. I think that content is, is a big piece of South by Southwest. And since we live in an era of kind of instant gratification that defines social content, where do you think long form stories or long form content fits in all that? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because a lot of folks come up to me and say, you know, are young people even reading? Our core demo is 13 to 30 year old kind of females. And people are surprised that they're, they're actually reading long form fiction content. And, and what I kind of say is that a story will always live on right people have been telling stories since the cavemen and so you know whether or not it's long form short form or whatever this will always be a thing and today when you ask our audience like do you read some of them i mean associate with reading they're just like this is just a form of entertainment so people always need to be entertained people always want to be telling and sharing stories and that that will forever exist Got it. So you're saying that the kind of the timelessness of content is is really what matters. So as long as the core value in a story or a narrative are there, then it doesn't matter like uh, if it's captivating, doesn't matter what platform it is, uh, you know, how long it is, they'll always be kind of dominant. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. My second question is uh, the paywall format. Like we've seen that as kind of the emerging trend and a lot of uh, publishers have chosen that. And it's almost a way to preserve high quality content. So you pay a little bit and then you're kind of there, your trusted advisor. Uh, what do you think about that format? Is that going to be something uh, very kind of popular in the future or dominant? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've seen it kind of iterate over time, right? I, prior to Wattpad, I worked at more of a traditional media company and we kind of explored that. And... You know, it's kind of this like pay what you want type of structure that's out there. I think more of the mass population is kind of understanding that like content isn't free and, you know, there needs to be a revenue model behind all of this. For example, when you go on The Guardian right now, I really actually love their prompt because it says we want to maintain our integrity and, and, and a high quality kind of um being a high quality publisher, so you know, please donate what you will or, or, or contribute, you know, X dollars. You know, which which makes a lot of sense, right? I think you need to like have the positioning in the right way. You know, for Wattpad, we're dabbling into the paid content space through what we're called Wattpad Next or Wattpad Supported Stories, which will be kind of rebranded as. And basically the purpose of it for us is more to support our top writers. Right? We want our top writers to be able to make you know, a substantial amount of, of revenue on the platform, right? And so in order for folks to monetize their, their content, you need to introduce some sort of paid wall format or, or, or paid content format. So we're just kind of entering that market and um, the results have actually have been amazing, right? And what we've learned thus far is that if you love a story again, right, you'll pay for it. You, you, you will give something. Chris is writing this amazing science fiction story and, and I'm in love with the characters and I just think this is a beautifully written piece, then 
I don't mind giving a few bucks to support him as a writer, right? I think uh, the larger population is kind of starting to understand that, which is great. I mean, for us, that's not that's it's it's more about supporting the writer than it is about making a ton of revenue for Wattpad. Got it. So it's it's kind of an inspiration to the writer. Like we got your back. Like you can produce content, and you're going to get some sort of you know revenue for it. And at the same time, qualifying. Would you say qualifying the user and saying, okay, you know, we know that those people, since they're paying and they're part of the paywall, they're uh, interested. There's a lot more interest than you know just uh, platforms where the content is just sharing and posting. Exactly right. I mean, the core platform will always be free. We want anybody to be able to tell their story and share their story and celebrate a story, but you know, when you look at the top 1% or so, enabling them to monetize, that's important. That's important, especially if you look at the rest of the self-publishing space. Most other platforms have an, uh, a way in which writers can monetize. Yeah. Um, okay. So a quick shift to voice. Like the voice and the, also, let's say, speakers, uh, they've been uh, really growing at an exponential rate over the past couple of years. How do you think that is influencing written content? Like, is, is that going to be some sort of a compliment or there's going to be more of a competition and not cooperation? Yeah, no, you see me <laughs> smile and laugh here. Cause I, I, th- I think I, I'm obsessed with voice, personally. I, I think it's the next big platform, but the monetization piece has not been figured at all, right? Like, if you're an app developer, you can't go and, and monetize an app really on Alexa or Google Home today. That's a problem. Like, that, that's a problem that uh, the larger kind of ecosystem needs to needs to figure out from a storytelling perspective, I think there's massive opportunity. We're all trying to figure out how to optimize our lives and how to make the most use of, of the time we have in a day, right? So if, if I have a story that I want to listen to or read and I can get a bit of that while I'm you know, making my omelet in the morning, right? That, right. That, 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 that'd be perfect. So there's, there's work to be done from a technology standpoint to adapt the written word into voice in a way that's compelling and doesn't sound robotic. Right. I think there are a bunch of apps that are kind of getting there, but big opportunity, Google and Amazon need to like enable the, the Wattpads of the world or, or whomever to like monetize that because there's no incentive for us to push resource to create an amazing voice storytelling app if there's no like programmatic kind of ecosystem built within, right? It's, it, it just, there's no ROI there and that, that, that's a problem that I hope and they are starting to kind of fix soon. Yeah, and the expectations are a little bit high, maybe, because the user is expecting a lot from technology now, and they want to, you know, hear a seamless experience and not what happened, let's say, with bots. Like they, they want to make sure that whenever they ask a question, everything is is kind of connected. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny. It's like there's there's bots, there's AR, there's VR, and there's voice. Those kind of you know the various platforms that people seem to be talking about at every at every conference. And I I actually think voice is is the farthest along from like. Yeah. It, it definitely is the, the farthest along from a mass adoption standpoint. I forget the stat, but there's some you know massive stat around the fact that Alexa's hit like t- 10 million, even more, right, um, devices. I probably probably you know didn't say that correctly, but anyways. Yeah, I think it is the speakers and voice is the tool for the new generation. And you talk a lot about uh, marketing to Gen Z is hard. That's one of the things that uh, you know we've seen you kind of talk about. Uh, why do you think that is challenging since, you know, that's a generation that's grown up in technology, they're always on their phones, they're kind of constantly connected. Where, where would the challenge be there? Yeah, with Gen Z, I think the interesting piece about that generation is that they have their BS detectors on, like high right. alert, right? <laughs> like they, they don't really want to be marketed to, they want to 
be involved in the conversation, right? And so a regular spotter dot is just not going to resonate with those folks. And what we've seen through a lot of the work that we've been doing on the platform is the Gen Z, they want to make sure that the brands they support or they talk to or they interact with, like, really have a purpose, really take a strong point of view from like a cause-based scenario. So a lot of the largest campaigns that we're doing now end up uh, having a strong social cause, which personally, you know, warms my heart because that's the funnest work to do. So for example, we actually partnered with Mindshare Toronto on this. We did some work with Ben and Jerry's all around Pride Month and Pride Toronto. And we ran the first ever kind of write-a-thon on the platform. So it was anybody who created their own story around their LGBT plus kind of story or an allyship story, us and Ben and Jerry's donated a dollar to ILGA, which is an international kind of LGBTQ plus um, advocacy group. And we kind of set the lofty goal of 10,000 stories, and we ended up having 17,000 original LGBT allyship stories created, which completely surpassed our expectations. And what we saw there was just like the general resonance from the community was amazing. Like literally people on WAPEP were saying, I wasn't gonna tell the story, but because you and Ben and Jerry's are going to give back to our community, I'm willing to put the story out to the universe. And the reason I, I, I say all of that is because that really proved the kind of point around Gen Z where it's like, and purchase intent, sorry, went up, I think about 15% in the post campaign for that exact reason. Because it's like, I see that Ben and Jerry's is, is supporting a community and a cause that I care about. And I strongly, strongly believe that like, if you don't have a purpose and you're not supporting a cause, you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah, and, and I think that's great. That's incredible that uh, the user is looking for a purpose. It's not just to buy merchandise or just to, to own a product is kind of a, an extension of themselves in a way. Exactly. Uh, before we wrap it up, uh, we're just going to do a quick fire round of questions. So um, talk or text? Talk. Netflix or night out? Netflix. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I mean, being Canadian, I, I, I guess I have to say yes. Personally, <laughs> no, but, but yes. Is it GIF uh, or GIF? GIF. Uh, space exploration or deep sea exploration? Space exploration. Is hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no? No. <laughs> uh, poutine, yes or no? Absolutely. Uh, the last one, South by Southwest or Sea Yes? Yeah, South by uh, 100% Austin is an amazing city. A lot more fun than Vegas. Great. Awesome. So thanks for joining us, Chris. Yeah, pleasure. Uh, and that's for me at South by Southwest. Don't forget to check out more from us on our blog, mindshareintheloop.com. Mindshare in the Loop.